0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, DW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at Beatitudeschurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Julie Fry, there are so many reasons why your depiction of this beatitude is my favorite. So many reasons. It reminds me of my own best friend, of course, but it also reminds me of my daughter and her pure devotion to the bonds of friendship. And I know you probably can't see it too well from here, but on their back pockets is a little symbol. It's a Chinese symbol for friend. So if you get a chance, go check out the the Beatitudes paintings back there, and you'll see that little, little tiny symbol I'm talking about. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. It's kind of a lofty notion, considering the countless number of definitions of what it means to be pure in heart. Throughout the centuries, Christians can't seem to agree on the meaning of this beatitude. Is it a measure of one's devotion to God or of one's eternal internal character? Perhaps it's our intentionality in living life like Jesus. For me, it's the reward or the promise of seeing God in another person's face if I remain steadfast. And true. The French playwright Victor Hugo, he once famously wrote, to love another person is to see the face of God. Perhaps you too find promise in this particular beatitude. As you listen to today's reading from Psalms, pause for a moment, and I want you to reflect on its unique insight for your life and what it means to be pure in heart. Psalm 24, 1 to 6. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Before Pastor Tony left on his vacation to visit his grandkids in Nebraska, he shared with me that this Beatitude sermon series was so important to him and that he had always always wanted to do this ever since he started to serve here so so much so that he has pre-recorded his sermon today for us so i want you to settle in and sit back as we show it to you now on the screen above
0: the hymn rejoice ye pure in heart is one of my favorites I love most of all just the the beat of the music. It's, It's one of those where, because I don't have a great singing voice, I don't have a great tonality in my voice, it's awesome to be able to sing because the majority of people just seem to sing it louder. This last week, as we were looking at the Beatitudes, Blessed Are the Pure in Heart, it made me think of that song. And I looked it up and I found a little bit of information about the author of the words. He was actually a New Testament scholar back in the late 1800s. And he builds this song off of a psalm as well as a verse in Philippians. And his main focus is on rejoicing. So as I was reading about the background of this hymn, the one thing I did not find was how this particular author of this hymn how he understood the term pure in heart. I, like you, have heard that Beatitudes many a time. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But I really never stopped and contemplated it until this last week. Now again, I had looked at it, I had read some about it, but I wanted to see it from a new perspective. And as I began my reading and doing my research, all of a sudden I realized that no one could really agree who the blessed that are pure in heart are. They just don't know for sure. So there was three different views that I found to continue to appear as I was doing my reading. And what I would like to do with you this morning is share with you from my least to my most favorite understanding. Now, you have the opportunity as you listen to these three to figure out which one resonates the best with you. Or perhaps this will motivate you to go and look for yourself and discover what that phrase, pure in heart, what it means for you. So let me begin. Number one, my least favorite understanding of pure in heart. It is those who are seen as having separated themselves from sin and sinful desires. They are those who have said, no more. No more sin and no more sinful desires in my life. Now, at first, that may sound positive. But as I begin to research more, all of a sudden I realize that this view of removing sin or sinful desires from your life actually ends up leading to extremes. For example... This idea of blessed are the pure in heart are those who have separated themselves from sinful desires, that was really the popular view in the early church as well as the early church fathers. That's why when you look back at the early history, that it was during this period of time that we saw a rise of asceticism, which literally means to to separate yourself from your desires. It's also during this time that we saw this big movement into monasticism. Places where individuals could go where they would literally separate themselves from anything that was pleasurable, anything that they desired, and minimalize their life so that they would not be tempted and truly become pure in heart. But that's not the only extreme. The other extreme was abstinence or chastity the idea being that to separate yourself from your sexual des- sinful desires that immediately tied back into the idea of sex and so sex was seen as something that was evil something that was to be avoided but if you were weak in flesh and you were tempted to have sex well you could get married but before marriage and sex was only within marriage, that became the norm. Why? Because those are the pure in heart. And the reality is that same idea can be found today. I was searching the web and I found a website. It's called Pure in Heart America. Listen to their mission statement. Pure in heart in America invites youth and young adults through evangelical outreach and local prayer communities to cultivate, you ready for this, purity and chastity, educating, inspiring, and empowering them to fruitfully live out the call to holiness as disciples of Jesus Christ. So it becomes very evident That this idea that the pure in heart are those who have set aside these evil or sinful desires, it's still prevalent. So why do I have a problem with that? Well, first of all, I think it does take it to the extreme. And the reason it takes it to the extreme is because it tends to see desires either as positive or negative, black or white. But the reality is that our desires, they're they're gray. I found one place where it talked about 16 core desires that we have as human beings. And I picked on one in particular. Decided not to go the sex thing because we already talked about that. So instead, I decided to talk about the desire of hunger. To satisfy that desire that desire keeps you and I alive. Plain and simple. It's food that gives us the energy to be able to function. For our body to be able to, to stay attuned and to function to its full capacity. So if we didn't have that desire to eat to, and we didn't feel hunger, we'd be in trouble. So that's the positive. But the negative of that desire is gluttony. And that's an extreme of using food as a way of coping and using it to a degree that it is harmful to one's being. But if it's positive or negative, it's influenced by so many other external factors. And as I looked at these other 15 desires that was in this one particular graph, I realized that all of them It's really hard to say that that one is always sinful. Because they both can be seen as positive and negative. And it's a matter of discerning when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate to respond to those desires. So even though this first view is quite prevalent, it's one that to me is, it's almost as if it doesn't take seriously. It's too simplistic. So, here's the second one. This one really took off when a theologian by the last name of Kekkergaard wrote a book. And in this book, he said that the pure in heart are those who are single-minded in their devotion to God. Now, that may sound a little bit easier to swallow. But when I really begin to think about it, it just, it was so vague Pure in heart are those who are single-minded to God. What does that mean? It can depend upon your view of God. But then as I began to think about it more, it it made sense to me that to say that if being pure in heart is to be single-mindedly devoted to God, then my devotion is also linked to what is important to God as expressed by the teachings of Jesus because it, for me as i read the bible i can find different authors telling me that this is most important to God in the old testament sacrifices really important to God but because i choose to label myself as a christian and I start with the teachings of Jesus, then I tend to look at his life as a starting point in which I engage what I believe might be important to God. Doesn't mean I accept it 100%, but at least it provides a starting point. And I think this individual by the name of Isaac Nineveh, who lived about 1300 years ago, I believe that he captured. This idea, by looking at the life of Jesus, of what it means that if you are singly-minded in your devotion to God, and therefore the things of God, I think he captured what those things are. Listen to what he says. Purity is a heart full of compassion for the whole of created nature. He goes on and tells about a story where a student asked him for the sign of purity of heart. How does one know if one is pure in heart? And here's his reply. When one sees all humanity in a good light. Wow. And so that's why this second view of the pure in heart is one that's more comfortable for me. Because if it means to be pure and hired is to single mindedly be devoted to God, then the things of God, as seen in the teachings of Jesus and encapsulated in this little phrase by Isaac of Nineveh, what we get is that it's compassion toward other people, it's treating other people fairly, it's being forgiving. It's being accepting. It's being to see other human beings as one sees oneself. That, to me, makes sense. So I don't have a problem with this second view. But the third view is the one that really pushes me. And that is that those who are pure in heart are those who live a life of integrity. Now, that one I get excited about. Why? Each of us live our lives. We talk about each of us having our own journey. Some individuals live their life intentionally, and others live their life unintentionally. To me, those who live with integrity are those who have taken the time to discern what it is they value about life. What it is within them that they find of value. And then once they have established their values, out of that becomes how they live their external life. How they act. How they treat other people how they talk, and how they talk about themselves and other people, how they treat themselves, because they find a sense of harmony between their inner life and their exterior life, and that is what is called integrity. When how you are on the inside matches the outside. For me, a synonym of integrity could be authenticity. And I think Jesus understood this because Jesus tells us a story one time, a parable, where he talks about and he says that if you look at an unhealthy tree, the unhealthy tree is going to produce rotten fruit. And a healthy tree will create healthy fruit. That's why Jesus could say, they will know you by your fruit. He uses a simple illustration found in nature of fruit trees. And he says integrity is what is with inside matches what and how you live your life on the outside when you're around other people. And here's what's amazing to me when we take this idea of integrity is that throughout our lives, We continue to grow, and as we continue to grow, our integrity begins to continue to develop and expand. Perhaps right now, you are going through a difficult situation. It might be big, it might be small. But as we go through these different experiences, It shifts our inner life, and it's a way of testing and reestablishing what it is that is really important to us. Some of you perhaps are just on the early stages of your journey, and as you think about how you're going to spend the rest of your life, where you may be going to school, what you might be studying, the kind of job that you're holding— it's important that you make those decisions based upon the values that you hold within yourself. Some of you may be on the backside of life. And perhaps you're thinking, well, it really doesn't matter as much for me. No, no, don't go there. Why? Because how you continue to live is laying down a foundation, a sense of legacy that other people are watching and other people can build upon. It doesn't really matter if you're young or you're old. Integrity, it's, it's for everyone. So if that is true, that those who are pure in heart are those who live a life of integrity, then Perhaps that last part of the verse makes sense. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, those who live in life of integrity. Why? Because they will see God. Now, again, the temptation for many individuals is to see God is either when you die or some people believe in the second coming of Jesus and it's off into the future. Perhaps when you live a life of integrity, you can see God now. You can see the expression of God in life, in everything that surrounds you. A loving action between two people. People who are willing to commit their lives to make sure that other people are treated fairly and justly. People being willing to take the time to acknowledge a person who's hurting Perhaps in all of these moments, we see God being expressed through humanity. Another idea that ties into this is tied into the idea that the pure in heart are those who have tone, vocal tone. That's an example. I didn't know what that word meant. I'd heard about it, but I wasn't sure what it meant. So I did a little research, and then I called our minister of music, Stephen. And as we talked, I realized that tone could be described as the, in your voice, it's, it's almost like a, a color, it, it's part of your character. And the tone of your voice as you sing is unique to each person. Stephen said one of the ways to think about it would be that if you heard a flute play a particular note, and then you heard a trumpet play that same note, they're both playing the same note, but they sound different. Why? Because of the tone. And so each of us have our own tone. And when we are pure in heart, when we live a life of integrity, that tone is true. What's amazing is that we, on Sundays, are able to hear these vocalists, each of them bring their own tone. As soon as I'm done preaching you're going to hear two vocalists sing. Each of them have a very distinct tone. But here's what's amazing, is when they can each take their own expression, their own tone, and they allow them to be blended together, that's pure joy to our ears. Because we get to hear this blending of these different tones together when we hear about the pure in heart it truly is a blessing because when you meet someone who is in, lives this integral integral life you meet someone who is real and genuine you hear their tone you feel their tone And if we can continue to grow as individuals, then imagine what happens when each of us, being true to our own tone, can come together and blend all of those together in our world. Imagine what kind of world we can continue to create and evolve into. So, those are three options for your consideration. I know which one I'm comfortable with. What about you? And if you do choose the last, that pure in heart are those who live a life of integrity, maybe today or sometime this week is a good time for you to pause and do a little bit of introspection and ask yourself, am I really living the life that is true to my inner self? those things that I value. Because if you do, some amazing things might happen in your life. The reverberations of your life will become sweet music to other people. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at Beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio. Empowering people to enrich society. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.